0: Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo.
1: How you doing this week, Noah? I'm doing pretty good. Um, U.S. elections seem to be over at this point. We're recording on Saturday night. Saturday so, night seem to be over. Who knows? Who, know, who knows what's going to happen, but seemingly over at this point.
0: Seemingly over. We don't know. And I mean, that, that really has been the focus this week. Like, Realistically, like I don't think there's been really much other like NHL news going on this week. It seems like nobody really cares. Obviously, there was the Mackenzie Weger signing, which we'll we'll get into later. But aside from that, you know there there really hasn't been too much going on this week.
1: I've watched more CNN this week than in my entire life combined. Yeah, easily. I, easily. I I fell asleep, um Thursday night when I got back from the bar, I turned it on and watched it for about an hour and a half to like 3 when I passed out and I woke up to it the next morning and we just like kept the cycle going. Um it's it's just been con- so like just consuming. Yeah, it
0: just seems like everything else in life it just kind of like stopped. Uh especially sports-wise. Um, with that said though, since there hasn't been much NHL news this week, we will once be bringing it back our NFL prediction segment where we lay down our parlays on this week's matchups. Um, once again, I realize we're doing this, we're, we're recording this on Saturday, but this episode drops on Monday. So these will have no effect. Uh, you know, by the time people listen to this, we will have known the outcomes for sure. Aside from maybe the Monday night game, which I mean, we all know, you know, who's taking that one, but uh, (laughs) so we'll see about that. But uh, I think moving forward, uh, once we start season two of the podcast, uh, which is, I forget when we start up, i will figure that out. A few weeks. Yeah. A few weeks once season two starts uh, and we'll be recording our Wednesday episodes, we'll be doing our predictions on the Wednesday episode that way people actually can listen to them before the games are played. So in the meantime, um, we'll have them for you on this episode. And we'll either look really dumb or really smart, depending on how the games go. Uh, Thursday, nice matchup Packers over Niners. Um, for what it's worth, I would have taken
1: Packers. Easy to say now, but. I, I took the Packers too. Um, although it, I think it was like 31 or 34 to nine or to three in the fourth quarter. And I was like, I have to put 50 bucks down on the Falcon, on the, on the Niners, on the Niners. Oh, there it's, you got to do it. Like, but I, I didn't, um, thank God I didn't. Um, but I don't even think that game was close. No, it wasn't. I mean, the Niners are so banged up, so
0: you can't really fault them there. If they were healthy, it would have been a great matchup. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense going up against that defense, but obviously not the case.
1: And, Um, I mean, Jimmy G wasn't even playing. Um, It's, yeah, very banged up 49ers uh, team in general.
0: Yeah, so that was was whatever. Um, But first one up this Sunday. This one's an interesting one. The Denver Broncos versus the – Atlanta Falcons. I don't know about you, Noah, but I'm hammering the Falcons on this one.
1: I'm going with the Falcons with this one too. Um,
0: and I, it's a bit risky
1: given their recent history of not being that great. I I have to pull up the NFL website just to see what the exact like what they did last week. Um, they they had a very bad start to the season. You know, they had a bad start. But, but you like, got to remember that they they were up in those games. It's not because they couldn't score; it's because they couldn't prevent the other teams from scoring.
0: Yeah, which I think is important. Like, it's never great to bro like to blow you know two 15 point leads, or whatever. But at the same time, you can only blow a fifteen point lead if you first have a fifteen point lead. Exactly. And the thing with the Falcons that always like makes me nervous is like, depending on you know Matt Ryan and a couple other things. Like that offense can either be explosive or non-existent.
1: Yes. And they have they have Todd Gurley, um, who I know you you are an an enthusiast of.
0: I love um, Todd Gurley. So. I don't love that he has arthritis in his knees. <laughs> I don't love that. Fair enough. But he's a player.
1: He is. that. He
0: and you gets- got Julio Jones, you got Calvin Ridley, couple of weapons. Matt Ryan can find him. I like the Falcons. I like the Broncos, they got good defense, but no Von Miller, still this, you know, still not healthy. Um and, and I could very easy I could very easily see the the, the Broncos winning this one. Um but for this part like, I'm I'm gonna take the Falcons in this one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh I'm I'm with you on that. Um, but would not be surprised if the Broncos pulled through. Like, that is a very realistic scenario. But maybe Atlanta gets a little home home field advantage or whatever. Um, but we, it's going to be interesting to see Falcons on this one.
0: Falcons on this one. Next one up, <clears throat> Seattle Seahawks, Buffalo Bills. You already know I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. Russell Wilson dropping dimes down the field. No question. I'm taking the Seahawks.
1: Um, I'm I'm like really really like hesitant about this one. This is a very a close bit, matchup. This is a very a, close matchup. I mean, we know what the Seahawks are all about. They're they're very good. Um, but this is a built Bills team that has shown potential of like possibly being a championship team, but. They, in recent weeks, they just haven't really like been all that convincing about it.
0: They got off to such a hot start. Josh Allen's playing so well. And then the last couple of weeks, it's kind of like you're like, okay, they're they're back to what we kind of expected them to be. and, yeah. I, and I know you're a big Josh Allen guy. I distinctly remember I am. I am. I distinctly remember you came home from the bar one night absolutely hammered. Very confident that you had seen Josh Allen at the bar in Niagara Falls, Canada.
1: He, he came over for Halloween.
0: He one hundred percent did not. It was definitely just a guy wearing a <laughs> Josh Allen jersey. There's no question.
1: But you were very convinced at the time. Um, so I, uh, I, I know that's your <laughs> guy. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan, but it's it hasn't been convincing. They, I mean, they they barely won against the Jets. I that was not a convincing I performance mean, at all. And then same thing against the Patriots. Squeezed out a win against Cam, who's just has not been good since, like, week three. And yeah. I think that's when he had Kobe. Yeah.
0: I think the big thing – yeah, since Kobe's been terrible. Um, the big thing for me in this matchup here, why I'm taking Seattle, just, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, they're, they're elite and my favorite team, um, <laughs> is the fact that Jamal Adams is back this week. And that's just a game changer for that defense because that defense stinks when he's not there. <laughs> it's just Bobby Wagner and then no one else. So very excited for that. This is going to be a fun game for sure, I think, with those two quarterbacks
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and the weapons that they have. It's going to be a fun matchup. I think it will be close. Um, I mean,
1: yeah. most games this week are going to be are very, very tough. To- To like, I
0: think, yeah, I think so far this is probably the best week matchup wise that we've seen
1: 100%. Where there are just so many fantastic
0: ones. Um, so I'm super excited for Sunday. Uh, next one we got up, this one, this one's an interesting one. Both, I mean, I'm gonna say that about everyone actually as I introduce them to be honest, but uh, Ravens and Colts, um. Baltimore I'm gonna the, go
1: with Ravens. I'm going. Baltimore's the favorite
0: in this one, but not by much.
1: Not by much. Um, uh, I'm going with Ravens. I, I I like they they were very close against. Um, I think they played uh, they played the Steelers last week, right?
0: They played the Steelers yeah. last week. They, they were close. They had the very lead. close, very close, uh, and, and the Steelers are fantastic divisional rival. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, as we know with all my parlays, I got to have a couple, you know,
1: upsets. Yeah.
0: A couple upsets. And I'm, I am going to take the Colts in this one. Um, just because, you know, the Colts, they got a good defense, they got a couple of playmakers. Phillip Rivers is old, but whatever. Um, but the thing for me is, I just like this year, Lamar Jackson has not been great throwing the ball. And he is not. And I would, like to see him succeed at that more I haven't yet and I just think the Colts are a really well rounded team and I think you know obviously the Ravens are the favorite for the reason but I think very good possibility they could upset in this one um and looking at the odds I mean how can you not
1: so I'm gonna take the Colts in this one 100% but I'm gonna stick with the Ravens
0: all right, all right. We'll, we'll 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 see. We will see for sure. Uh, next one: Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: This is a very interesting one because both teams were on bye last week.
0: Both teams okay. coming off a bye. Both, both uh, teams in
1: play last week. Um,
0: I think it's fair to say Houston Texans are
1: heavy favorites. Heavy favorites.
0: Texans are heavy favorites. I think this one. What, what interests me about this matchup is that you have the Texans, who I think are one of the more underwhelming teams this season based on what we expected from them in the year they had last 100%. year. 100%. And I think the Jaguars have probably been a lot better than people thought they were going to be based on what they did mm-hmm. in the offseason. The fact that I can only name like three guys on their team. <laughs> and, and I do have, you know, they're running back on my my fantasy team uh james robinson he's usually absolute money in fantasy so but i mean houston texans to sean watson i gotta take him i'll so yeah I'll, I'll go with you on that one i'm gonna take the houston texans um uh, without a question uh next
1: one looking a bit lopsided to kansas city chief carolina panthers i'm going with the chiefs um I have bet on the Chiefs, I think, every week so far. And I've only been scarred once, and it was against the Raiders. And I don't think the Panthers have the same potential as the Raiders. So it has to be the Chiefs for me.
0: Yeah, I'm betting on the Chiefs too, not only because they're the favorite. They are the better team. They should absolutely win this game. But also because on my fantasy football team, I have DJ Moore. And he has got to be the most frustrating fantasy football player (laughs) I have ever seen I don't play him he gets like 20 points I play him he gets five so then I don't play him and he gets like 20 and then I'm like all right play him and then I give him a couple of chances every time I don't play him he does well every time I play him it is terrible so I don't think I'm playing him this week <laughs> and so for that reason I I hope the the Kansas City Chiefs do well here and come out with the win uh, which I think they absolutely should. Mm-hmm. Next one, fun one, uh, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. Detroit will have Matt Stafford this week, uh, and the Minnesota Vikings haven't been great, but, I mean, Dalvin Cook was dominant last week in their win over Green, Day, Green Bay. Might be the start of something there for
1: them. Who are you liking in this one? See I'm going to go I'm going to defer to your judgment with having at least one upset in my parlay oh, and I man. Think this is the one for me. I'm going with the Lions for this one. Um you know they they played the Colts last week. It was a really tough matchup for them. Um they did not they did not win but then again they're 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 playing are playing the Vikings, and the Vikings haven't been that good either. So I, I think that the the Lions can pull this one off.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Vikings here <laughs> because I mean, first of all, I don't, and I have no numbers to back this up. I don't think the Lions have been that good at stopping the run this year. I could be wrong. I have nothing to base that off of. I haven't really watched them play this year, but Dalvin Cook is so good, <laughs> and you know, I just. You know they, they went over Green Bay last week. I think they might be a team on the rise. I think we saw that with them last year too, where they had a bit of controversy to start with, you know, Diggs and Thielen and Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins and all that stuff. I'm thinking they're they're, they're playing their best football, so I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this one. No upset, uh, and we will see next one: Chicago Bears, Tennessee Titans. Titans upset last week by the Cincinnati Bengals this week, taking on Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. Who are you
1: liking? You know, I was very high on the Bears kind of midway through the start of the season. When they were, like, winning games. When they were winning games, I really thought they they, they could do stuff, and then they, they just haven't been that. They've been... They've been, they've decreased so much in the past few weeks that I don't know. And they they had a good showing against the Saints. Um, can't forget about that. But I don't know if they have what it takes. Um, they lost to the Rams in a very pitiful effort in in which their defense just showed no signs of life. So it's gonna have to. I think the Titans bounce bounce back in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. I think it'll be interesting because Chicago, they're they're kind of bread and butter is that defense, uh, led by uh, Mac. So, uh, I'm going to take the Titans. Though I think they'll do. I think the Bears will do a good job containing Derrick Henry. Um, but I think um, Ryan Tannehill is just going to show up, drop some dimes, you know, make make the throws he's supposed to make, and come out there with a W. And I think the Chicago Bears, all their fans that I see on social media, they're all going to be losing it over the fact that their two QBs right now are Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Mitch.
1: Mitch, Mitch oh.
0: Trubisky. Unbelievable. Great quarterback. Um, <laughs> without a doubt.
1: He's in that same conversation for elite status with um, Joe Flacco. Noted yeah. New York Jet. New yeah. York Jet.
0: Yeah, I know there's always that debate over whether Joe Flacco is elite. And the answer is obviously yes, he's elite. I don't know how that was a question. The guy won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so, and so with that in mind, yeah, Nick, Nick Foles, Foles, Foles also won
1: a Super Bowl too. We, so does that make him elite too? Yeah, he's elite, but but Ryan yeah, he, he had a receiving touchdown in the yeah,
0: Super Bowl. But but Ryan Tannehill survived having Adam Gase as a head coach, and I think that is harder to do than winning a Super Bowl. So for let's those reasons...
1: T- let's, let's just take a timeout in our parlay right now and think about the fact that Adam Gase still has a job.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: How is this possible?
0: I can't... Like if I if if you or I perform that badly at our jobs, I would sure hopefully would be fired. Yeah, like that. Uh,
1: and you you've got to assume they're tanking for Lawrence. But there's a whole lot of speculation because remember Lawrence Lawrence is a junior.
0: He can he can stay another year. He can do the Peyton Manning thing. Stay he can another do the year.
1: Peyton Manning thing. Stay another year. There's there's options.
0: If you were Trevor Lawrence and the jets won the law and you know won the first overall pick, are you staying another year?
1: I would probably go to the jets to be honest. I think it'd be really cool to play in new york
0: yeah um, i was gonna i was gonna
1: say i'd go to that that's my opinion i I don't expect him to pull anything like wild or you know like that, but we'll see the, the only the, the only way I can see it is if he wants to get his degree. From Clemson, I think, which is why he would yeah. stay. Yeah, and
0: I think, I think I if, think
1: there's value to that. I think there is strong value to actually like getting a degree. But
0: well, and it's also because this year's such a weird year for for college football and for really just sports to have another year to show I'm even better now. I think would be yeah. really nice for him.
1: Yeah, and he he has one national championship now. Made it to the finals last year, did not win. Joe Burrow beat him. It was a close game. for fairly close game. Um and then who knows this year. Uh I think they were losing to Notre Dame today, last I saw, but he's not playing because he has COVID. Yeah. So who knows Inter- that think- interesting situation, but I definitely agree with you that the whole the whole like premise that this is a shortened season and he doesn't get to kind of really like experience his like last year in college the same that he would have anticipated. I think that may play a role in his decision.
0: Yeah, and I think also the fact whether Adam Gase is still the head coach of the New York Jets yeah. also plays a big factor. Um, but we'll get to the Jets later. Next up, it's your New York Giants taking on the Washington Football Team. Who are you taking in this one?
1: I mean, you don't even have to ask. You know, it's the Giants. Um, I honestly don't understand why the Giants are on such bad odds for the game. I thought. Oh, it was it's closer. no, it, no.
0: It's because they suck.
1: But we beat we beat the football team before this year. Like we've we are one to zero against them. Yeah, and they're back Daniel and they're Jones better is than ever. Daniel Jones has figured out his tripping like issues. Yeah, that's all. He fixed. like didn't run at all last week. Yeah.
0: So that's how he figured a... out the tripping issue. You can't trip if you don't move, right?
1: But see how close was the game last
0: week? It was close.
1: He literally came down to a two point conversion.
0: Yeah, but this is the Washington football team we're talking That's about.
1: That's what I'm saying. They almost beat the Bucks. But this is the Washington football team. <laughs> so I'm going with the Giants. Uh, big, uh, the big storyline in the game is that Golden Tate did not make the trip to Washington, and he's not playing after his wife took to Twitter to complain about her husband's uh, use during the games. Um, which I don't understand. He scored a goddamn touchdown. Um, so, like, just relax. But we'll, we'll see. But I have to go with the Giants.
0: All right. Well, I absolutely have to go with the Washington football team. <laughs> um, why? Because – well, first, one, because they're playing the Giants, so easy dub. Two, <laughs> um, elite defense. Three, elite head coach. And I don't need a 4-3. It's going to be an easy win. I think – I think it's going to be an easy win in a low scoring game. I'm thinking it's going to be like ten to six.
1: Oh my god! No way. Ten to six for the football team. No, there's no way because the giant the Giants' defense is so like
0: terrible. Terrible. Yeah, but it's yeah, but the f- offense also terrible. This is. So, I mean, this I mean, game we'll is just see. ripe to be a dud. Um, but I'm taking the football team have to do it you know they've just been you know absolutely fantastically at least gotta go with them
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh next one this would be an interesting one raiders
1: chargers gotta go with my raiders your raiders <laughs> my raiders um you know it's been an up and down season for them They they've had some really good looks and they've had some really bad ones um it's gonna be interesting to see but i i have faith in the raiders yeah the odds
0: on this one are very close i'm gonna take the chargers
1: i'm Um, surprised they're so close to be honest
0: well the chargers the chargers have played really good they just keep blowing leads and so if they can figure that out uh justin herbert looks like a stud back there slinging the rock um so I'm gonna go does.
1: he he looks really
0: good. He does really good. I, I thought he was gonna be really good coming out of Oregon. He looks fantastic. Um, Raiders are kind of been hitting, you know, been hit or missed this year for me. Exactly. And I, I think they're gonna miss this week. And Justin Herbert's just gonna finally pick up a win here. <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be awesome. Everyone's gonna go nuts. He's gonna play fantastic four touchdowns, three hundred and eighty-nine yards throwing. 110 yards on the ground. Dominant. Okay. Next one. Dolphins, Cardinals. Two young, undersized quarterbacks. Who are you liking in this one?
1: It's this is a tough week. Tough week.
0: See, I think this um, is one of the I think this is one of the
1: easier ones. I'm going with Cardinals. But um, oh, yeah. I really I really liked what the Dolphins showed last week.
0: They showed like no offense last week. Their defense was sick.
1: They scored 28 points. It was all their defense. <laughs> two had a touchdown. Well, One touchdown.
0: I think the guy threw like under 100 yards,
1: I think. I mean, they beat the Rams.
0: Yeah, that was unreal. That was a great game. That defense was on fire. I'm going to go Cardinals here too. Kyler Murray looks really good this year. Uh, They beat the Seahawks uh, before their bye week. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, best receiver in the game. Uh, And, yeah, like, you know, big win for the Dolphins last week. But I just wasn't convinced about Tua. Like, it's not like he did anything, like, overly bad. He just didn't do anything overly great. And I'd like to see him do a bit better. I think he will this week. But I don't think it's going to matter against these Cardinals. Uh, So I'm taking them. Uh, next one we got here now. Dallas Cowboys, up. Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Are you feeling an upset in this one? I am not. You and are not. I'll tell you why. I don't even think Andy Dalton starting starting for the Cowboys. It's their he third is not. string.
0: No, because last week was their third string. Last week they started Ben DiNucci, and oh, I thought, oh my funny. goodness. Is this guy the answer? And no, he wasn't. So this week not it's quite. Good. This week making his this is this this is just mean, man, to give a guy his first career start against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> like that's just not nice, but it's Garrett the
1: Steelers' defense has been so electric this year.
0: But it's Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert going this week against the Steelers. He is their fourth string quarterback. Um, he it's his first start six years after he was drafted by the Rams, so he should be ready to go.
1: Should be, should be,
0: should be ready to go. I'm excited to see it happen. With that, he's
1: been marinating.
0: Yeah, with that being said, there's no way I'm not taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, because I mean. Good old Canadian kid Chase Claypool. First of all, Chase Love. Claypool, yeah, absolutely gross. That defense is incredible. Um, again, feel very bad for Garrett Gilbert in there this week. Um, maybe, like, maybe he's gonna be unreal. And, and you know, you know, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. We don't know, um, but it's got to be Steelers. I mean, come on, this is like, this has got to be the lock of the week.
1: It has to be. It has. It 100% is. 100%.
0: Yeah, it's easy luck. Um, All right, last one for the Sunday games here. Primetime, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, Drew Orleans, who you liking?
1: It's really, really – this is going to be such a close game. I do not understand why the Bucs are so favored in this game. I, maybe I'm missing something. Are there injuries? Is Michael Thomas still out? Um,
0: I believe he's questionable. Kamara is going to be playing, I believe. Um, But I think the reason they're the heavy favorite is that it looks like Antonio Brown's in. I, I don't
1: get it. I don't get how that, like, s- switches the odds that much. I've never been a huge AB fan since since Pittsburgh. I mean, he's a good player. Like, he's probably one of the best receivers of all time. I, I don't know how much he's actually going to
0: play. I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't know how much he's actually going to help. Um,
1: for me, yeah, this one this one's really close. Um, I, I honestly, I, I can see either team win this. It's going to be so close.
0: I think I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one just because not so much Tom Brady in that offense, even though I do have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski <laughs> going in fantasy this week. So it would be nice if they did some stuff. Um, But I I like what their defense has done this year for the most part. They got a lot of speed uh, on that defense. So I I like that. I think it's going to be a difficult night for for Drew Brees. And,
1: yeah, I don't know why the Bucs are so heavily favored,
0: but I'm taking them.
1: I I honestly – I don't know if I'm going to bet on this game. I think this is the only game I'm not going to bet on.
0: Well, I have a rule that I will bet on every game in at least one parlay. Just because why not? And 100%. this is obviously the worst week for that because the matchups are so close, but Exactly. Already so close uh,
1: so yeah. committed. I, I have no idea. I'm not I'm not I'm not giving an I, I'm not gonna go with a team. I'm not gonna pick a team.
0: All right, well that's lame. Um next one, it Monday is. night. It's
1: safe. It's safe, yeah. it's financial.
0: Yeah, but it's lame uh mon- <laughs> now we talk about all these fantastic matchups we got going this week some close games and then the nfl blesses us with monday night new england patriots who have been awful and the new york jets who might be the worst nfl team i've ever seen so who you liking in this one
1: might be um listen it- Thursday night matchups this this year have been terrible. Monday night matchups so far have been excellent. What the hell, NFL? Like this is just awful. Like I don't get it. I me neither. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the NBA draft is coming up. Do you know? I believe it is. That is. I have no clue. No clue. Not that dialed into the oh, NBA. November eighteenth. Sorry. I was, uh, don't know why that that popped up um patriots all the way there's no way i can bet on the jets see if i'm the new
0: england patriots like this is fantastic because they've been playing so bad recently and you know when you're playing so bad you just need like one game where you're going up and you can just absolutely slaughter a team and get your kind of mojo back
1: Mm -hmm. this is it
0: yeah i think that's it this is it for them this is a game where you can say all right cam newton you messed up last week. Um, here's your chance. Go have fun out there. Throw like eight touchdowns. And confidence is back. You know, teams feeling a bit better about themselves and they maybe get going in the right direction. Not that I'm cheering for the Patriots to get going in the right direction uh, mm-hmm. by any means. But I think there's another walk for me. The, the Patriots on this one. I mean, not cuz they've looked great this year but just cuz i think the jets are that bad
1: they are they really are
0: they really are All right and what so, what
1: are the odds on your parlay
0: So the odds i am they're not that great actually this week to be honest i'm i'm going to throw down $5 to return 701 uh all proceeds from any parlay one go directly back into the podcast to produce higher quality content uh for all of our listeners.
1: But this, this is our own money. We're not using like podcast revenue or anything to bet on these games. This is our personal funds. Yeah, right out um, of pocket. Exactly. Um but, $5 bill right out of the pocket.
0: Yeah, but as our, our listeners will know, uh the winning of the parlays has not gone great recently, hence the same quality (laughs) as the podcast always is no improvements um and that that does it for uh i guess our parlay section of the podcast Mm -hmm. uh eat up some time here uh next up we have a quick promo from the hockey to heroin podcast great podcast over on the hockey podcast network Um, If you like this podcast or other podcasts on the network, check them out, give them a listen. Uh, They do some great stuff over there. So we'll roll that promo now and we'll be right back uh, to talk about the Mackenzie Weger deal.
1: You're listening
0: to hockey to heroin presented by the hockey podcast network. Follow Hockey to Heroin on all social media platforms. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday, wherever you download podcasts from. All right, and we're back. Uh, so this week, a bit of Panther news. Uh, out there, Mackenzie Weger, avoiding arbitration, signing a three-year deal to come back. 3.25 uh, AAV. Um, and I think that's just a fantastic deal for the Florida Panthers. I really do. I like this deal a lot for both the team and the player.
1: I mean, we, excellent. I, uh, right at the uh, – excellent, yes. I yeah. I love it. And the only thing is he's a UFA at the end of the contract. That's the only yeah. thing. But he, I think he was a year or two away for, from – Unrestricted free agency, anyways. Yeah. See, what
0: I really love about this deal is that with Mackenzie weger like he's been pretty good the last couple of years, right? But I think it's still kind of too early to really know what his potential mm-hmm. is as a player, and if he really is, you know, as good as he's been the last couple of years, if he can maintain that um, for a longer period of time, I don't think the sample size is nearly big enough to make a decision one way or the other, and We've seen it in the past where uh, the Panthers have had some really promising young defensemen like Branson, like Kulikov, like Petrovic, like Pissick, even, that they look pretty good for, you know, not a, a super long stretch of time. Uh, and then their play kind of falls off and they're signed to these bloated contracts. Right. Um, so with Uyghur, the deal, it's three years, it walks into free agency, which isn't, you know, maybe ideal, but at the same time, you're getting them at a low enough cost that, um, like, I would say right now he's for sure at least a 3 to $4 million defenseman, right?
1: Right. And uh, so Evolving Hockey on Twitter, which is a great follow because I, I – Great I'm, follow.
0: Big shout out to them. They're yeah, awesome.
1: Really, um, the, I, I'm, like, really interested, and I kind of learned this from baseball, and I, I, I realized they did this in hockey is – contract valuation, kind of realizing expected versus um actual like uh contract and then kind of just seeing how much um the player actually contributes versus how much he gets paid um is very interesting but they had him at three years three and a half million
0: yeah pretty good deal yeah you're getting a bit less value which I think you would expect to with the current climate yeah, of the NHL exactly um For me, I think it's great because it's just it's a deal that you know if his play starts to slump, if his play starts to fall off a bit, three million it's it's not great, but it's not gonna kill you. And then there's every possibility he performs at that three million dollar level or above, right? Exactly.
1: And it's a very tradable contract.
0: It's very tradable. And the important thing to remember with Mackenzie Weir is he's only maybe been on people's radars the last couple years per se really only been a year you know an everyday nhl player um since like like he played games before but really 2017 2018 he gets into 60 64 last year gets 45 last year or so you're talking about a guy who, like he hasn't played a ton of games right he's a fairly new player but he is 26 years old and so these th- this these three years you're getting probably the best years you're gonna get out of Mackenzie Weger. exactly, right? And I think that's hugely important. Is that you know you don't want to sign a guy to like a guy that's 26 to a seven year deal because then you know those last three years he's probably gonna kill you, exactly right? And you see that a lot, especially with UFA signings, where guys that get signed long term, th- those contracts are you know a huge detriment later down the line so this I think is a nice deal that it gives the team um, a good amount of flexibility around the player and how they want to deploy him and how he's going to be used and how he's going to contribute yeah Um, and I think one of the other aspects of this too is that at least for the moment Mackenzie Wieger is a very important player to the Florida Panthers
1: he is. He really is. And I mean, just when you look at the, the depth chart on defense is, you know, we I don't even want to look, man. It makes exactly. me feel sad. It makes me sad. It's they even did... worse.
0: It's even worse when you have it with the AVs.
1: They they did manage to get rid of um, Mike Matheson, who I just tremendous job on Bill Zito's part. Yeah. But it's nothing to rave about, you know, it's, Quite underwhelming on paper, um, it's, especially, it's, especially when you take into account the EAVs, as you said. Um, but you kind of need this Mackenzie Wieger signing just because he is, he might be a, you know, second, maybe third pair defenseman on a regular team that has a decent defense. But he he's able to play up and kind of assume that first pair role with Aaron neckblad with the Panthers
0: yeah I think yeah he, he's a guy where if yeah if he's on a different team he's not going to be playing as many minutes and the types of minutes that he's playing because he won't have to but the way the Florida Panthers defense is built and we'll see it this year it's going to be a lot different with a lot of the ads they brought in uh with Radko Gudis and with Marcus Nuevara. but last couple of years he, he was very heavily relied upon to be that good complimentary defenseman to, to Aaron Eckblad, and he was. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, I think, you know, he can continue to uh, grow into that role. Um, and then, you know, hopefully we'll see him elevate his play. We don't know. Um, I imagine, I don't think the ceiling is tremendously high with him. Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of what you see as a, about what you're going to get. But To me, this just represents like a rare bit of getting solid value on defense, which is something they really have to do because you look at the offense and the forwards, and when you have guys like Barkov and Huber to sign to such team-friendly deals, to then just negate that by overspending on a bunch of defensemen, which the team's done in the past, um, is absolutely killer. And so to get a guy on good value, um, I think it's a really good piece of business for Bill Zito. And it's just really great that he's going to be back, Mackenzie Weger.
1: One hundred percent. It, it's we knew we knew he was going to be back, but the the big thing was 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 Bill Zito going to overpay for him? And I think at that price point, you can't complain. And I think this is really good for kind of the Panthers team in general. And you're looking at a team that was very. Um, how can I say this? Uh, it was very tempting at the expansion draft last time. If you look at the team right now and you go into the expansion draft, see it, when Seattle's going to be looking at um, Florida, I, I don't think there's anything that impressive. I don't think there there's anything that you can do about it. Uh,
0: absolutely. I think, I think that's that's a part of it, too, when you look at this team and how you want to improve is that I think in the back of a lot of teams' mind is that expansion draft, and a lot of teams messed it up last time around with Vegas, um, especially the Florida Panthers. So looking ahead, how can they navigate that to not maybe make those same mistakes? Um, But as it stands right now, like we talk about the offseason, and it's a weird offseason right now because we don't know when we, we know we have the date for the start of the season at January 1st, um, I think it's likely to get pushed back uh, from that date just based on how things have gone and the, you know, financial viability of the league. Right. But with this off season, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's a bit wonky. You don't know when things are going to start up again. Um, but the Panthers are a team right now. They're sitting here with a uh, projected cap space of about uh, a little over 8 million. Uh, there's a lot of ufas left on the market like are you thinking they go and grab another guy before play starts up again or you think this is pretty much what we're going to see next year
1: the only guy that i'd say that go for it is anthony duclair at this point point. and i said the same thing about alex yelchenyuk and i think the Ottawa Senators got an absolute steal with that. Um, and one year... I said, and I said
0: the same thing about Dominic Cahoon, who also yeah,
1: we, exactly. We 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 both said these things about these players, and I think Duclair is going to be very similar because he hasn't gotten a contract yet, which means that nobody's willing to pay him above two million. No. If he was, if he was going to get above two million for a year, he would have taken it by now. I think.
0: Absolutely, I just. And, and you look at the deals guys are getting right now, and there's not a lot of money being thrown out there. And I think um, I, I think really whether – it, it's, it's very tough for the team because they, they obviously – the issue for them is that they have a lot of young guys. Like, not a lot. They have two primary young guys in Owen Tippett and Grigory Denisenko who are going to be pushing for roster spots next season but you haven't you haven't had the chance to see Owen Tippett and Gregory Denisenko's over there playing in Russia and so it's very hard you know when those guys aren't you know around the team and the facility and the staff it's very hard to kind of gauge you know what their level of play is and whether the the team and management feels these guys can contribute so it's very hard to you know you don't want to go into a season making decisions like all right we're going to pencil Owen Tippett and on our second line, and then he shows up to camp and you, you start to realize, oh, my goodness, this guy's not ready to be a second line player. We need to right. go get a guy and there's no guy there. Right. To go get. So
1: so I think, you know, my if, if if Bill Zito could go out and get Anthony Duclair and I'm not sure how much he's he's kind of known Duclair because Duclair did play for the Blue Jackets for a bit, um, I think a year or so. I can't remember yeah, exactly what the I, I time imagine he, was. he would definitely but he, have I, not not very good friends with uh, um Tortorella. Tortorella, kind of a iffy, iffy relationship there. Um but I wonder and oh Duclair played for Quenville. He did play for Quenville, yes. So I mean I don't oh, know There how, is
0: there's for sure connections.
1: There is connections. So you know, Anthony, it, it, man, Florida—it's so—it's so nice, so nice.
0: Yeah, you yeah, absolutely you're love it. it here. You're gonna absolutely love it because, like, the thing for me is like, i um, you look at the depth chart of the Florida Panthers right now, and I think the kind of the kind of sense I get from just—and obviously things change—but it's a very different team than the one we saw last year. Like, I think you're seeing uh, a lot more focus on. Uh, grit as opposed to skill, and a lot more emphasis on defense and defensive play. Um, with that being said, like Florida had one of the better offenses last year, so who's going to provide that secondary scoring behind Barkov and Huberdeau? And I think, I, that's, and I
1: don't think, I don't think it's realistic to expect Brett Connolly to have what the season he had last year.
0: No, and so I think. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of relying on guys to, to step up, and you know, without having a, a ton of firsthand knowledge of these guys, it's very hard to gauge whether they're they're capable of that. And right. so, I think at this point, you're looking at potential signings, and it seems like the the general feel is that if you're going to sign a guy right now, it's because it's it's an insurance policy. Really, you're signing a guy because maybe we don't know Owen Tippett if he's going to be ready. So just in case he's not, we'll go out and we'll get maybe a kind of fringe guy who is typically a third line and maybe he can step up. Just kind of get a ton of bodies. And we've seen that with other teams too. Or other teams like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs who have just signed a ton of forwards and basically said...
1: "Yeah." So I, I get massive Tampa Bay vibes from Toronto right now. It, I get, it's a very similar offseason.
0: Very similar – yeah, definitely a very similar offseason for them. But I don't
1: th- – I, I they definitely don't have the goalie that Tampa has.
0: I don't think they have the goalie. And I, there's a couple other differences, but they're building in the same direction. And Tampa, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, state rivals they won last season. But it took them a while to get there, Um, for sure. And Toronto's kind of trending that way, making it very I, tough I think the, the, the
1: window for Toronto is closing. I think it, it slowly but surely, um, it it won't it won't be entirely closed until they l- really lose one of their superstars. But I I feel like they they've only I mean Freddie Freddie Anderson's contract is up. He's going to be a UFA. Um, it's it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens in Toronto. Uh, Morgan Riley's contract is up, not this season but the season after um let, Let's see what happens, um and especially with a fat, flat cap, Toronto is a team that is very,
0: very penalized. Yeah, and I think one of the things for me too, when you talk about Tampa Bay and the success that they had this year, winning the Stanley Cup, and you you look at the team and you go, okay, how did they did it? Well, they had unbelievable top guys, right? You know, and Stamkos and Kucherov and Point and Vasilevsky and Hedman, um. But I think what pushed them to the top was having really good players on ELCs. Right. And I think that's kind of the approach uh, a lot of teams are realizing you have to take is to be good in this league. Like you can be good without guys like a ton of contributors on ELCs, but it's a lot harder. It it really is. Um... And so, you know, for Florida can – can Denisenko and Tippett be those guys, guys that can contribute while not taking up a ton of cap, right? Like that's – like...
1: I think Denisenko certainly can. Um, I, 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 I've liked what I've seen from him. Let, let's see about Tippett. I'm not, not completely sold on his offensive productivity in the NHL, um, although I think the potential definitely is there.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely there's definitely more question marks around Owen Tippett than Gregory Denisenko. Yeah. Um, but, again, you talk about the lack of success the Panthers have had in recent years, and a lot of it can be traced back to guys, you know, high draft picks that aren't contributing enough uh, or as much as you'd like them to. Guys like Borekstrom, Hepo Niemi, guys that you were hoping would yeah. be able to do that. And then you go see a team like Tampa Bay that has – and Anthony Sorelli that has a uh, Mikhail Sergachev who's an RFA this season, Eric Chernak. And that really really shows that model of having the ELC guys. And so the hope for this season has to be that the that guys like Tippett and Denisenko can perform. Um, but if they if they can't, then it's always good to have those insurance policy players. Uh, that can fill in if they need to, and based on what guys are getting right now on the open market, it's not a lot.
1: Which is why I am not, um, I'm not taking away the possibility of Mike Hoffman re-signing with the Panthers. I, I think it's possible. I I I know there were reports of him looking into the KHL. Yeah. Possibly until um, uh, until the situation in North America is better in terms of finances. Um, maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, I, uh, for me, Andy, the other guy I can think of. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the list. I mean, Eric Hall is not going to get a lot of money. Um, he, he's still looking for a contract. He was already in Florida, and I, I look at a guy like Andreas Anthony. See it's like, well, maybe he's in that same category as Anthony Duclair as being a really, really good bargain buy.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like, I think when you, you bring in a guy like, you know, Anthony Sioux or or often you're kind of writing off the possibility uh, of Tippett and Denisenko being the one. I'm thinking more of guys that are like almost in a similar boat as, as Denisenko and Tippett, like they're fringe NHLers. So you're basically just acquiring a bunch of guys that, maybe your NHLers, maybe aren't, and just seeing which ones stick. So when I'm looking at the UFA list, guys that I think would be maybe nice guys just to sign, and if they don't stick, they don't stick, would be a guy like Valentin Zykov, um, who uh, is a uh, Group 6 UFA, or a guy like Brendan Perlini who didn't get qualified, who has uh, previous history with uh, Coach – uh Enville quenville guys like that who like maybe they're nhl maybe they aren't i like Zekov. i really oh, I, do i do too and i think just guys like that where it's like let's just let's just sign them and if whatever we'll send them down if they don't
1: stick whatever and the, these are guys that'll probably accept two-way contracts they might right i mean at this point if they don't have anything else i wouldn't be surprised
0: like i think there's I think there is potential for a couple of guys that are kind of that low on the free agency list. I think there is a niche where they can find a role uh, and find a contract with the team. Uh, for right now, I like I don't see Mike Kaufman coming back at all. Uh, just because I think if he was, he, w- he would have done it already. Um, Probably. So I- I'm not sure where he ends up, to be honest. like
1: I'm I mean, shocked. another guy who... Who uh legendary um Florida Panther who could actually come back? Is this Derek Broussard? It is Derek Broussard. It's Derek Broussard. Derek Broussard's not gonna get a lot of money. He already his previous contract was 1.2 million. Yeah. And he had a good season. He had a good season, averaged half a point per game with the Islanders. I
0: Might. would
1: not he I don't think he would take the place of Denisenko or Tippett. Yeah. So I think that could be an interesting fit
0: yeah and I think I think like the overall kind of sense that i I, I get and the, the the real core of what we're trying to show is that there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of different options here for the Florida Panthers
1: there there really is
0: and like they they could they could make it still
1: they could... let, let's remember they still have eight million dollars left on their um on the salary cap. And to my knowledge, nobody else needs to be signed. No. And, and Although and again, I, think, I think actually Borgstrom. I think Borgstrom's Borgstrom. an RFA, but he's going to get a two-way contract, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, like, and, and there also
0: is the very real possibility that they don't even want to spend close to the cap, and they're fine where they are right now. Um, they're
1: they're not going to be a bottom-tier team. I think they're still going to be able to compete for a playoff spot. Um. I don't think we're looking at a playoff contender, per se, right away. But there's, there's a lot of variables that make it that you never know. Because if Bobrovsky puts in a Vezina-caliber season, like he's shown in the past... Behind a very different defense this year, which is... Who, know, who knows where the Panthers can be? and if it's a completely different division and different playoff format who really knows what's going to happen
0: exactly and like yeah we we talk about like all this stuff you know like competition in the division right which we don't even know if the divisions are going to be the same next year but if they do stay the same you go okay did Toronto get better this off season? probably yes did Montreal probably yes did Tampa Bay probably no
1: no but, but they're still, but they're but still fantastic. They're coming from this like very high ground that yeah you, you know they and can it's, afford. it's
0: and then did boston
1: probably not i don't think boston yeah like, but, Boston's but they're still, still gonna be good they're still, they're still good. good they
0: got great value contracts um did buffalo absolutely
1: did ottawa yes Irreli- well sure but okay whatever relatively irrelevant did detroit Yes, still still relatively irrelevant in my opinion, but yes, they did get better. They
0: did get better, but the bar was low. Exactly. Uh, so you thought like it just seems like this division's getting very cluttered, especially with Buffalo and Montreal making the moves they made this offseason. And then you look at the Florida Panthers and it's like did they get better and you you kind of have to say, well, maybe. Like I think say they got different.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's I
0: think did they get better? I think that's, you know, definitely debatable, but they definitely got deeper up front. They got better defensively. They added some grit. And so I think the best way they just they got different
1: that's that's a great um, way to
0: put it. You know, they definitely lost a ton of offense with Dadnov and with Hoffman. Um, and how much can be replaced by the guys they brought in, guys they have already? We'll have to see. but it's a It's a bit of a question mark around this team in a div where it's getting it was already competitive and it's getting even more so um with some of the moves other teams have made mm-hmm. and so we we'll just have to see and we don't even know when next season's starting for cert sure, for sure. Um, we're still waiting on that um, but in the meantime, what we do know is that we will continue to be doing this podcast. Uh, up until next season and all through next season um, and we'll be back with another episode next week um, dropping next monday so thank you to everyone tuning in and we will see you guys then